Welcome to the Agent Success Institute podcast. This is a space where you can learn, gain confidence, and grow your business as an independent agent, not part of a real estate team. We're happy to have you with us today, so let's get started. Hey, everybody. We're back to Foundation February, and this week we're going to talk about finding your core group. And that core group is going to be the people that you need in your real estate career to help you throughout the entire process. I'm going to give you some names and kind of, well, some titles, I guess, and kind of talk through that. So we're going to talk about who you need, and it's going to be title companies, lender, home inspector, termite company, septic and well company, contractor, handyman, plumber, electrician. That's where we're going to get started. And I will touch briefly on these to help you kind of see where you need to be. Now, one thing to remember is that this is being taped in one state. So this will vary a little bit from state to state uh, in terms of what I'm telling you might be a little bit different on how things are done. So for example, when I'm talking about a contractor or handyman, maybe in your state, it's only contractors and the word handyman is like not used. Um, So just FYI, kind of think through that, but this is going to give you some general stuff that you're going to need. So let's get started. So the best way to find these people, first of all, is to talk to your broker or other people in your office. Now, Remember that you might have an office, if you do, that has preferred people. You just want to make sure the preferred people are good and not just preferred because there is a difference. But in terms of title company, let's just start there. I think that it's important to have a title company that is flexible, meaning when you can close things and if you need to close at the office. So, for example, When I first got started, I had no idea what title company to use. I honestly didn't even know what a title company was. At that point, we had bought one house. Um, It was for sale by owner. So it was actually uh, the closing was in the attorney's office, which would have also been a title company. I just didn't realize that at the time. So I asked my broker how I said, well, what title company should I use? And he said, well, use this title company because they're very good and they've been here forever. And I like to send business to them. I mean, he used other title companies, but that was one he mentioned. So by default, I started using them and they were wonderful. And so I was probably selling about, um, I'm going to say seven years and we had a closing. It was kind of a crazy situation. Um, The buyer, she was also as pregnant as I was. We were both, I don't know, I think I was two months away from having a baby and she was a month away. And her husband was active military and at that time was actually not even in the state. He was somewhere else on duty. And so we're at this closing. It had to be after hours. And I think we started the closing at like seven and the seller was going to come after that. Well, she was very nervous, not a nervous type person. I think just their pregnancy hormones, her husband was away. And so what would normally take an hour, we were there until almost 10 o'clock. Every single word and every single document was read and explained, which is completely fine. Like, that's great. It was just a very long closing. She was very pregnant and hungry. I was very pregnant and hungry. 
the sellers came in um, and sat there for a while. And they said, we're hungry. We're going to go get anything to eat. Would you guys like something? And these two pregnant ladies were like, yes, that would be great. And I remember they brought me back Arby curly fries that I'd asked for. And so then we had the buyers closing and the seller closed. And it was like 11 o'clock that night before I got home. I think I had like a 20 minute drive home or something like that. And so that title company was super flexible to be willing to stay to, first of all, book the closing after hours and then be that flexible to let her stay there for three hours because they don't normally schedule three hours in between closings. And that's what you want. I had another situation where it was a preferred in-house title company and I specifically said, are you going to make her come to this closing? Like she's pregnant. She can't take vacation day. She's not been super healthy. And the listing agent and title company are like, yes, that's fine. We can do it flexible. We can go to her after hours. And then it came to closing day. All of a sudden they couldn't go to her after hours. She went ahead and took vacation time. I was livid. It was not a good day. Um, well, she's the one who didn't have the good day because then she had to go in and sign. So to me, a title company, not only do they have to know what they're doing, of course, and answer their phone and answer the questions, but they need to make sure that their time frame is flexible for the client because not all clients work from nine to five. And especially in the last 10 years, at least in our area, as more people have branched out further to where they do business, instead of staying like within a half an hour of their office or whatever, there are people who do not have time to go to the closings because they work from nine to five. Maybe they don't drive too much. Whatever that might look like to have a title company who's flexible is ideal. I'm going to talk about lenders more next week. So we're just going to leave that topic alone altogether. A lender is kind of its own, own thing. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, home inspectors, you need to, to give them several names if they ask. I will always ask them. Do you have um, a home inspector that you would like to use or would you like to give me some names? And I'll give them multiple names. Um, these home inspectors, I have had some really good ones I've used and I've had some really terrible ones. Um, and so what I mean by that is terrible ones that miss things. Um, one was terrible because he, and this was not that many years ago, I don't know, seven or eight used uh, carbon copies and his writing was so awful we couldn't even tell what it said so that was kind of a negative um and he wasn't that friendly anyway so there's that um so three home inspectors or more that you know do a good job that they know what they're doing um that they're available to ask questions if the buyer would have questions they can call them and then also you can ask your um clients if they have any home inspectors and that could help you add a good one to your list as well termite companies you want to use a company that is actually um only does termite inspections in other words a lot of home inspectors will you know take the class they need to add termites to them in my experience that's not been great because they don't always know what they're doing uh, we had one where the guy thought it was termites and it wasn't. And the funny thing is that when I told the other agent, like, hey, I have my termite guy come out there. And he said, it's not termites. There's nothing for him to spray for. 
um, the buyer's agent said, well, I wondered about that because the guy had to sit there and open a book and see if the picture of the bug matched the picture in the book. And that was somebody who was a um, inspection, like one for all kind of group where they do they do the inspection and they do the termite and they do this and they do that. And so that has made me a little bit leery, especially when I told my my bug guy that and he's like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't believe how many of these I've had to fix for other people who have, you know, who are supposed to be termite people and don't know what they're doing. So I think it's very important to keep that separately. And then that you can know that they are very specifically good in that area. Now, again, that's not a requirement. This is just my opinion and I'm sharing it. Um, same with uh, radon, just to share this, a home inspector can do radon, that's fine. There was one company who would do radon testing and then if it had radon, if it was positive for radon, they would send you that report and then send you an invoice that would show how much they could put in a term a termite, sorry, a radon system for. There's nothing wrong with that. It just is how it looks. So if you're a radon inspector and in with your report, you're turning in an invoice of how much you can charge, or sorry, what you would charge to put a system in, it just leaves room to make people wonder, okay, did I really have radon or not? I feel like, and these people are super nice. I don't think that to be the case. I'm definitely not saying that. But what I am saying is it does, it makes it very simple to separate that so that way you can really, there's no question ever out of your client, seller, or buyer if it's legit because it's one company who's testing it and they're telling you, I don't put a system in and they might give you some names. And actually what brought that to my attention was a a home inspector who did a radon test and he said, "I, I do not install them because I think that can look like conflict of interest. And he's actually the one who got me, I don't remember who the home inspector was that said that, but he actually got me thinking like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I can see how that could come across. And so that would be something else to, to bring to your attention. Um, if you're using septic and well inspections, if you're having that, just make sure wherever you're working, you know what what rules, if any, your county has in terms of who can do those um, and who cannot do those. Um, that would just be what you need to check in in advance. And your office should be able to help you with that, at least the areas that that your office or that area your office is out of. They should know the answer to that. Um, but that would be something that you would need to know as well. Everyone needs to have a contractor, actually multiple contractors or a handyman on their list. Uh, what a handyman is and is not allowed to do, that it could be city specific. There could be state rules there. I'm not going to go into that, but you definitely need to have a contractor as well. Um, and then they can take care of things on home inspections. They can help with quotes if somebody wants a quote on on something that they want to, you know, have done. There's multiple reasons that you could use a contractor um, during your, your, as long as you're a realtor. And so finding one that you trust and that knows what they do is very important. Um, I will tell you that they are very hard to get a hold of pending time of year um, and their schedule. And I feel like the ones that are really good are obviously much harder to get a hold of. Um, I feel like it was easier pre-2008 because there were more of them. And then over the next 
2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, even 13. Um, and then over the last five years, again, a lot of the ones I knew were folding their businesses, combining with other companies, or in the last few years, more like retiring. And so it feels like there are less of them and they're harder to find, but I do have some really good ones. And that's what's important, that you have really good contractors that you can count on. And going along with that, you also want to have um, a good plumber or electrician. So for example, if if there's something electrical that needs to be fixed, you're not going to call a contractor to do that. You're going to call the electrician that you that you work with. And that could be someone that, you know, does your personal house that you think does a great job. It could be someone, someone in your office recommends. I would say have your top plumber and electrician that you use that you just know do a good job, but you definitely want to have backups from everything's from vacation to being sick. I remember my um, electrician had COVID and was out for a while. My, uh, I've had a plumber, one of my plumbers that they go on a lot of vacations and so he's gone. So it's always good to have backup people. Um, and that, because you need to have access to a plumber or an electrician if you would need them. You can't tell your people, oh, you need an electrician and you're not from the area and don't know anybody. Well, I know a great one, but he's in Hawaii for the next six months. So it's good to have um, plumbers and electricians as well and then have backups and maybe even a backup. And that could be a company that has multiple of these individuals. So a plumbing company that has multiple plumbers or you could pick one plumber who is a one man show, but make sure you have those people lined up. The other thing that I want to tell you is you want to use people because they're good, not because they give you referrals. Now, listen, I think referrals are great, but you need to get them for the right reasons, not because you're giving someone business, because what's you don't ever want to blur that line. Like I'm going to give you an example story of where you use somebody, you use an electrician who's met because you know he's going to give you referrals. That's not being true to your clients. So one of my um, realtor friends, she had a plumber, I think it was, or electrician, I think plumber, that she used all the time. And he was very good. And she ran into him. She was with her husband and she ran into him at a restaurant, actually outside of the restaurant. He was with another couple. And she said, Hey, how are you? And they talked and she introduced, she was introduced to his friend and the plumber said, this is my good friend. And, and my friend said, yes, I'm a realtor. And the other couple with them said, well, why didn't you tell us to use her? And here it turns out that this plumber knew that my realtor friend did a good job, but he didn't use her because he was sending business to somebody else who was giving him gifts, not even referrals, which would be okay to get a referral from somebody, but gifts like gift cards and tickets to sporting events and these kind of things, which never mind the fact that's completely illegal. But the other thing is that the agent that he was referring to, I mean, wasn't even a good realtor. It wasn't even somebody who cared about the clients. And so he kind of got caught red-handed and he even told her, well, you don't give me gifts. I'm just like, what is wrong with people? And so this guy 
this plumber was giving all these referrals of people who needed agents to somebody who wasn't even good, but they were giving him stuff. And so the thing is that you have to keep that in mind that don't give people, don't use people just to get referrals. That's wrong and it's not helpful to your client. So make sure you're doing it the right way. And that is all that I have today. Just wanted to kind of go over that to make sure you knew who needed to be in your core group. So I'm going to go through those people one more time. And these are all of the areas that you need as a real estate agent to count on in your business. And you want to find the right ones because they're going to do the best job for your client. And that's going to make their life easier, your life easier, and make your client happy. So these groups are going to be your title company, lender, which we're going to go into full depth on that next week, your home inspector, termite company, septic and well company, contractor, plumber, an electrician. Those are the key people that you need to start your group of who you can call in case someone needs something during your transaction. And I hope this helps. That's it for today. Thanks for listening and may your career be blessed as you bless others.